ladies and gentlemen, another fantastic episode of HR Talk Podcast, episode 306, the return of the sickle. Yeah, a lot of crazy stuff went on this week in the world of Netflix and culture fits all around the world. But first, to begin, I'm JC. It's my pleasure to be back here as the co-captain of your Greyhound bus, sailing the seven seas of all the bumpy highways around the world. And of course, the man, the myth, the legend down in sunny central Florida. You know him. You kind of like him. Ricky Bias. (laughs) Kind of like me. (laughs) Kind of like you. Yeah, kind (laughs) of. (laughs) <laughs> kind of like you. I mean, some people like you. And then the, then what winds up happening is, is that they learn more about you and then they actually love you. And do you know why? Why? Folks let you see life from another perspective. They can expand the mind and awareness. These are inspirational quotes. With Ricky Bias. Inspirational quotes with Ricky Bias, ladies and gentlemen. A leader has a difficult job. It's difficult. But that's not what people like about it. What people like about it is how influential you can be. So don't focus on being liked. Focus on being influential. Influence yourself to like yourself. Words of wisdom to start the day. Hey, when I wake wake up in the morning, I look in that mirror and I say, you're a good looking man. And the mirror just starts laughing. Right. (laughs) Now you got to like try to influence the mirror so you do the right thing. You know. Oh, Ricky Bias, I'm hurting. What? Why are you hurting? Why are you hurting? Yeah, I'm hurting today. Before that, you had a you had a real question. Before we do that, come on. No, just 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 you talking about the the mirror. It reminded me of an. I'm not going to call it an incident. I will call it an event that happened in the barracks when you and I served back in Camp Lejeune. Didn't we have somebody? Didn't we have one of our sergeants have one of our lance corporals stand at attention in front of a mirror? And just say, um, and point at the mirror saying, I'm not stupid, you are. Yes. I'm not stupid, you are. Yes, that, that was a real thing that did happen. It was. And was it because we have field day? And for those of you who don't know, field day is the one day of the week that's dedicated to cleaning the barracks inside and out to make sure it's not a pigsty. And uh, this guy, I forgot what he did because it just didn't matter. What mattered was, is what the platoon sergeant had him do <laughs> as punishment. He just had him stand in front of a mirror for like an hour. And just it just starts saying it. I'm not stupid. You are. I'm not stupid. You are in front of the mirror. <laughs> it was the funniest, most weirdest thing I've ever seen up until that point. And then I continue hanging out with you. And then it's, it's those bars just continue to be broken, bro. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's just that that just came to mind when you're talking about mirrors. That's it. So yesterday I had the uh, the amazing opportunity to. Um, Believe it or not, stand up in in one of my best friend's weddings. Now, look, you're you're a best friend of mine, and I've got a a very small circle, okay? Mm -hmm. But uh, my other uh, guy out here that I have a private sector business with, uh, DJ Tommy Check, he officially got married on Saturday. I talked about it a little bit at the end of the last show. Yeah. Um, He definitely, he 
he's he's a great dude, but he's firing way above his level. This girl that he married, Kristen, is like total smoke show. That's number one, right? But number two, yeah. she's like, if there's a ladder that goes one to ten, she's like the eleven point five, and he's the four. And he's like, he's <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He's just like happy to be there. He's like, I'll, I'm, I'm in, I'm in. I'm just gonna do whatever it takes. You know, I'm just awesome. happy for him that she showed up, you know. OK, good. <laughs> all right. All so, jokes aside, though, yesterday. all jokes uh-huh. aside, um, the two of them go together like bread and butter, man. It was good stuff. They had a beautiful ceremony in this really huge uh, Lutheran church in downtown Buffalo. And they have this organ that's like the third largest organ in the North America or something. It just it was very loud, a very big, thick, loud organ. And uh, when they play it, it just it it fills the room like the room is this vast void, and you've got this big organ in there just yeah. pushing. Are we talking sound. about <laughs> And and the bass that comes out of the pipes, it was unbelievable. So then you know after that, do your pictures, do everything. Uh, met some amazing people along the way to some of her friends. Um, mm-hmm. They're they're actually in marketing, believe it or not. Two of them, they were coworkers, and that's how they became friends. And then okay. later on, they became friends with with his now wife, Kristen, right? And the story goes, Rick, that these coworkers, they started working together and they instantly hated each other. They couldn't stand each other. They looked at each other and said, I don't like you. And the other one said, I don't even recognize you. Yeah. <laughs> okay. They didn't even recognize the existence, right? Right. At I least th- if somebody doesn't like you, they know you're alive. Right? <laughs> they, they, you exist. <laughs> have, you, wow. have, have you ever had that situation, though, where, like, maybe you start a job or uh, uh, a contractor endeavor and you just do not mesh right away? Or you see yeah. someone and you've got a preconceived notion and you jump on that and you're like, nah, this ain't going to work. And then, like, two weeks later, your best friends, like, you're, you're in a canoe under a bridge about to die drowning in water. And now you're best friends. You know, yes. Yeah. Yeah. I think I think everybody who says has ever been in the workforce (laughs) at any point in their life has had that situation happen. But you know what? Being friends afterwards, that's that's hard to come by. Yeah. Normally that hatred continues on through both of those careers. (laughs) (laughs) Typically does. Typically does. Totally different in this instance. And uh, great people, man. You know, it's um. It was just really good. I, I was able to do the introductions for this event in a like 4,000 seat theater that uh, historical national landmark Broadway type theater. And uh, they had a crowd of like maybe 150 people for the wedding on the stage. But the, the place, the echo, the boom. And then you got these amazing pipes filling that void. Let me tell you. <laughs> It was amazing. It was great. It was grand. It was very good. You know, people came up afterwards and said, hey, have you ever thought about announcing hockey games like the introductions when people come out onto the ice? I never thought about that. I'm like ingenious. (laughs) (laughs) What a great idea. Do they have people that do this? Do you know a guy? You know, it it didn't go anywhere. It it didn't pan out in that discussion. They just thought it would be a good idea. And I think it's a good idea, too. That's you all know. right. Yeah, 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 I think it's an okay idea. I don't know anyone that could help with that, but who knows? Maybe well, someday if, someone will pan out. We'll see. If they're in marketing, they should know somebody. Right? So I Just pitched that them. to the two marketing gals. Yeah. I was like, look, we could be a trifecta, like an amazing team, like the triad type thing. You know, if you ever play Grand Theft Auto, you know, the, 
the the triad, right? You know, we could do this. You know, you you design, you write copy like no tomorrow. You're unbelievable at that. I've got the voice for you. They didn't believe it until that mic turned on and I did that magic. Oh my gosh. It was And it then was what like, happened once they heard the voice? Oh yeah, no, hearts melted. Yeah. Yeah. I, so I, I, I should have brought a Sharpie. I should have brought a Sharpie, Rick. That's all I can you tell should've. you. <laughs> you and your Sharpies, bro. Yeah, right. <laughs> no, it was a good time. Great time had by all. Beautiful wedding. They had, um, when you think about like wedding dinners, though, you know, this really comes down to something key, right? And if, if you see the vegan option or you see filet mignon, what are you going to pick? I'm picking the filet mignon. The filet mignon, right. Of course, absolutely. I'm going to tell you something. It was so thick, though, and it was cooked perfectly, but it it was weird. Like, when you got to the middle, it was, like, a little uh, chewier than expected. I was a little let down by that. Like, I had to get extra water so that, uh, like, I was chewing it and chewing it, and it just wouldn't break up. Like, the consistency of that meat, even though it was cooked to perfection, it never, like broke down the proteins never broke down great seasoning on the outside a nice uh peppercorn type thing that they had mm-hmm. going it was seared very well but the interior of this i'd say probably two and a half inch thick cut of filet it, it just it it was still together it was bound together i've never had steak it like wasn't that. cooked to perfection bro it was not cooked to perfection sorry so i know you keep saying it is maybe it was seasoned to perfection mm, but you're right here we go you're chef right. ricky coming in here we go so steaks is my thing brother you know that and you know i put it all, all over tiktok i put it all over facebook here's where they messed up so it wasn't broken down that means the amount of time they put it on the grill or on the griddle that they didn't give it enough time for the center of the meat to cook and break down like the outside of the meat. That happens when you throw it on the grill colder than expected. Yes. So either either frozen or straight out of the fridge. That makes here's sense. Here's what people yeah. need to yeah, dude. Here's what people need to do. Before you throw the filet mignon or the T-bone or any kind of a, a thick steak on a grill or over fire, let it sit at room temperature for at least 45 minutes. That way, the internal temperature of that meat goes down, and when you put it on the grill, on the fire, it actually, the heat actually gets to the middle and cooks the middle of the meat to where you want it to cook, and it's tender. And as soon as you're done with it, don't cut it with a knife. Take it off the grill and then let it rest for the same amount of time that you had it over fire. That, that lets the juices go out, that lets everything rest, and it's going to be like butter. So oh, that's where they man. messed up. I should have been there yesterday. Shoot, now I'm Yeah, hungry. no, you really should have been. It was amazing. <laughs> so, There's nice. been a big trend with those tomahawk steaks all over, like, the TikTok yes. and Instagram and everything <laughs> like that. This looked like the center cut of that. That's, I mean, it was oh. thick. It was large like that. You know, very good, almost to perfection. But they clearly failed, according to <laughs> Chef Ricky. It, it, it did. It did. And I, to me, a steak, I got a love-hate relationship with a steak, especially somebody else cooks it. Because to me, oh my God, dude, especially if I see somebody put like A1 steak sauce on a on a ribeye or a tam- I it drives me insane. Or better yet, if I ever find myself at a Denny's for breakfast, for whatever reason, or even lunch or dinner, a late dinner, after the bar or something, and somebody says, I want the T-bone <laughs> at a Denny's. <laughs> well, you know there's already A1 steak sauce right there. You just want to choke the person. You don't order a T-bone at a Denny's. 
the more you know, Ricky Baez. That's right. That's right. Dude, we, sh- we should really have a grilling episode. Oh, we Just need to. Just nothing but recipes of grilling and drink. Actually, you know what? We did one. Didn't we do one with a Sweet oh, Baby did. Jay? Yeah, we did. And we just it, got it, insanely it drunk and we never finished it. <laughs> yeah, and we never released the program. You know, it was a little bit downhill no, at that point. Yeah, so <laughs> that that's going to be one of those that once we make it big, brother, and that's going to be that long lost program because we had so much fun and we had the best intentions of providing a great show talking about human resources and leadership and maybe a little bit of cooking, but we started drinking a little bit earlier and we started cooking and it was so good. We just kept drinking and cooking and drinking and cooking. And then we eventually put that headset on and we had mics and the conversation was the farthest thing you would think from HR, the farthest. We're like, we're not releasing this. <laughs> That's going to stay away in there. Oh, man. We need to have him back. I mean, I miss Jay. Yeah, it's been, it's been too long since show. he's been on the program. Hey, I got a couple questions for you real quick. Um, when when we're thinking about that perfect day and that perfect wedding, you think about advice to give someone for the rest of their lives, the future that they have ahead of them. What's some advice that you may have for the newly married Tom and Kristen? Oof, oof, oof. I'm, so I'm putting my HR hat back on because this works at work Do and it. at home. <laughs> it works at home. You as an individual are the expert in how you listen and how you communicate. So you have to become an expert in how the other person, the person that you've chosen to spend the rest of your life with, you have to become an expert on how to communicate with that person in a way that they can understand what you're saying in the manner in which you wanted to communicate it. So become an expert in how they listen, become an expert in how they communicate, they speak. That way, the communication is always there and the arguments, although some of them are good and you learn something from it, are kept to a minimal. That should have been, <laughs> that should have been my, 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 my quote of the day. Should have been your quote of the day. A little bit of a fail on that one there. Hey, and um, while we're talking about marketing, while we're talking about uh, life advice, while we're talking about all these amazing things, it does thread together directly and perfectly with today's episode. If you haven't seen the news, NewYorkPost.com. Uh, this goes back to July 16th this past week or so. Hey, I've got a little slapback coming through from your mic. I'm just going to mute you real quick while I bring this story up, and then I'll bring it back up, Rick. Um, Netflix, they fired three executives on July 16th. They fired three executives for secretly griping about top brass on Slack. They reportedly fired three senior marketing executives, about half its staff at that level, after they were caught secretly chatting, griping, complaining about upper management on the electronic teletalky thing, uh, Slacky. So what exactly was said along the way in the chat hasn't been revealed, but it did include criticism of the chief marketing officer, Bozama St. John, according to The Hollywood Reporter. St. John is black, but a source told the, um, the THR, which is the Hollywood Reporter, that there was nothing racist or disparaging to any particular community in the chat. So my question to you before we continue is why even bring race into this if it had nothing to do with it? You know what I mean? A little flash yeah. in the pan there on the story, you know? Yeah, they're 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 trying to make it more tasty for somebody to consume this information, but you know, somebody will bring that up, especially if they were fired. 
and they believe it's not for cost, somebody's going to bring that up. So, yeah, they might as well do it. So, according to The Hollywood Reporter, Netflix fired five marketing executives. Oh, three. No, it was just three marketing execs. Um, the executives in question thought the messages were private in Slack. They viewed this as a private means of communication in the workplace, right? An insider says an employee stumbled across several months' worth of these messages and ultimately reported it. A Netflix spokesperson said the depiction of the Slack messages in question being critical of leadership is untrue. Among the executives criticized, and and that that we previously mentioned, the chief marketing officer, Bozama St. John, uh, was also some other key people associated with the organization. Jeez, that's a terrible sentence and factual point right there. Thanks. Thanks, Good Hollywood, job, the reporter. Hollywood Reporter. So CEO Ted Sarando says, paradoxically, the executives might have been better off speaking about their complaints more openly. If you vent there and you do it very publicly, the person says, as for grumbling among a smaller group. Ted told me it's a firing offense because it's destructive to the fabric of the company. But that may have been very awkward in this case, as sources say Sarando circumvented the company's typical interview protocols when he hired St. John. But a source who has worked with St. John over the years says she has a tremendous presence and is a dynamic speaker, and she's the best thing in the world. So ultimately, at the end of the day, they fired these uh, these people for talking disparagingly about their leader in what they deemed to be a private Slack message amongst themselves. What do you think about this? So, generally, in general, in ge- here's the first thing that comes to mind. First of all, Slack. It may be a private channel between them, but if they were communicating on company property, meaning on a laptop or a personal device, PDA, that belongs to the company, nine times out of 10, if you accepted to use that device or to take ownership of, the, of that device, before you log in, you ha- I'm sure you agree to something that says anything that comes through this device is doable, can be, can be seen by anybody in the organization because the device belongs to them. So there, it, there shouldn't be any expectation of privacy if that's the case. That's number one. Number two, um, they need to be careful because it's it, it's that sounds to me like they were they were airing out a grievance against their working conditions and airing out a grievance about the working condition does include um, talking about leadership. If you're not happy with that leadership, if that leadership is creating a hostile work envi- environment for you, they can say something about it. They can speak out, and that is protected under protected concerted activity. Now, no, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. no. Interestingly, though, I do have to share this immediately with you while we're on the topic. Mm-hmm. Under the heading "Real Values" on the Netflix Jobs website, next Netflix reports you only say quote you only say things about fellow employees that you say to their face end quote quote this attribute is one of the hardest for new people to believe and to learn in practice. In most situations, both social and work, those who consistently say what they really think about people are quickly isolated and banished. The company adds on its website, we work hard to get people to give each other professional constructive feedback up, down, and across the organization on a continual basis. Their culture is all about transparency and giving feedback. 
a source told The Hollywood Reporter. It would make sense that there should be no need for private conversation. <laughs> so are they saying that if they would have been critical to their face, is that what they're saying? Oh, you cut out. You like literally cut out. Oh. Are they saying that if they were critical to the leaders to their face, they will still have their jobs today? Yeah. That's what they're saying. They they need HR. They need HR because it, it's it's protected concerted activity applies in this situation. Now, that's generally. If these were the high-powered executives, chances are they have a contract. And in that contract, there could be some language that says you cannot talk bad about leadership or or come out in the news to make us look negative. Depending how that contract is written, that may be something different. But I got to tell you, man, it, it, it's generally from the outside looking in, they're asking for trouble if they let somebody go only because they were griping about their leadership in private. That, it, it's that, and that's in California. That's an even bigger sensitive issue. I got to so, I got to tell yeah, you, I mean, whatever this technical issue is that we're starting to experience again, this this slapback audio thing and Mike's cutting out driving me nuts. I'm going to tell you that. Hey, another source familiar with the thinking of Netflix co-CEO Ted Sarandos told the outlet that Sarandos believes private griping to be a, quote, firing offense because it's destructive to the fabric of the company, end quote. But not so public griping this it's not disruptive neither they pick a pick a side pick a side people should be able to 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 air out any concerns they have whether in private or publicly in front of other people they are they are setting themselves up for a bigger issue not because of this right here well no it's this is the, the catapult actually because they're setting up a precedence where later on Nobody is able to say anything in private, and it's just a slippery slope, and it's going to get them in trouble with the NLRB with protected concerted activity. We need our attorney friends to chime in. Lawyer Page, Dave Miklas, chime in, because this one, I think oh, they yeah. stepped in big, a big flaming bag of doo-doo on this one, unless there's, again, a contract out there that they have that they're not supposed to do this. I don't see that they could have that that could have solved them from violating violating the laws. So yeah, now, now is officially your time to shine to our lawyer friends. Would love to hear a little bit of a little bit more <laughs> feedback on that one for sure. Hey, going around the room though, there is someone that did chime in on this one, and that is uh, maybe not specifically on this one, but on July sixteenth, the article coincidentally came out at the same time from Sherm. The same day that the article dropped from Netflix in regards to the culture fit. And this was directly from Johnny C. Taylor Jr. Sherm SCP himself. In the article, and please feel free to stop by Sherm.org, one of the greatest websites for HR related news and business. Ricky disagrees. You disagree. <laughs> yeah, sure. Yeah, I guess they're the best. In these things, yeah. no, they're not. I, I, everyone's got their own niche, you know. He's he's. Uh, I I just like where he's firing from. So, uh, Sherm President and CEO Johnny Taylor is answering HR questions as part of a series for USA Today. Okay, and do you have an HR work related question? If you do so, feel free to stop by their website and submit it to them. But this one particular question was: Can my employer fire me for not being a culture fit? I've been at my company for 10 months. So he responded directly to this. And he says, as tough as it may be to swallow, your employer can indeed fire you for not being a cultural fit, provided the decision is not motivated by a legal discriminatory basis. 
Employment at will doctrine applies in most cities and states and allows employers the legal right to terminate employment with or without notice and with or without cause for any reason not explicitly prohibited by law. Race, color, religion, gender, national origin, disability, age, and genetic information are considered illegal discriminatory criteria. And that's why it's important to document everything, right? Because any any terminated employee can come back and say, uh, whether they got fired, if let's say they got fired for cause because they messed up at work, um, they can come back and say, oh, it's because of these protected activities or because race, age, whatever the case may be. And in the EEOC process, you respond with the documents that you have calling out the uh, performance issues. So, yeah, that is true. That can happen. Um, cultural fit is really important. And I don't know why people don't see that as high on the level of importance in at work just because that is what makes the organization tick. So yeah, you can have the best skill set in the world, but if you don't fit with an organization culturally and culturally, I mean like the culture of the organization, right? Not background culture, then yet it could be an issue. So why are you going to, to um, keep one person just because they have the impeccable skill set they haven't used, by the way, they just got them and they just, eroding the culture and everybody else just get rid of the person so so there's a lot of work factors that fall under the umbrella of culture including but not limited to work performance personality work style work ethic Mm -hmm. or ability to work as a team member once a performance or behavior fit issue arises employers should candidly address them with the employee regardless of tenure or status employers have the option of allowing time for improvement or terminating immediately, provided that they follow due process and protocol. Similarly, employees can do and choose to resign for any reason that they see fit. At any time, they could walk out the door. Make no mistake that the employer and employee relationship can be as volatile or as harmonious as any relationship. Johnny C. Taylor's knocked him down to the park in this article, Rick. He really is, man. He is. He is. And I want to say something about that, too, because, yes, the employer can terminate your employment um, with or without notice, and the employee can do the same. So employers, it's it's I'm putting this back on you. Don't get mad if you are in an employment at will state and you you exercise your right to let somebody go for that particular reason and not give them any notice. Don't get mad at people if they leave you without a two week notice. It's a two way streak street streak street and coffee <laughs> it really is a two-way street so it's because i've seen some people that just get really really upset because they don't give a two-week notice and until it's it's not necessary is it a professional courtesy yes it's not necessary because the employer doesn't do that either way so let's be fair about it by the way have you noticed now Nobody else can see this, but there's a picture. Obviously, JC and I know what Johnny C. Taylor looks like. But in this particular picture on this uh, Sherm um, uh, article, he looks just like the villain in the season finale of Loki. No, he doesn't. Stop. He, look, he looks like the one who remains. He, um, What's it called? Khan? Yeah, he looks just like him. That, that's that's, that's your assumption that that's what the person's name was. But if you watched it, they never actually said any other name than the one who remains. They never said that it was Kang. Just FYI. 
We know it is. Hey, I've been talking about employer-employee relationships. The conversation.com came out with a little bit of an update there. 63% of workers who file an EEOC discrimination complaint do actually wind up losing their jobs through that process, according to the article. The main finding after analyzing the outcomes of 683,419 discrimination cases filed within the U.S. EEOC from 2012 to 2016, the most recent data of Available. After analyzed, they focused on workplace complaints filed related to race, sex, disability, age, and national origin. Those are the five most common categories. They found that at least 63% of workers who filed a complaint eventually lost their jobs. That number was even higher for workers who filed a disability-related claim at 67%. They were ultimately let go. And about 40% of workers reporting experience experiencing employer retaliation, such as verbal abuse, are being passed over for work opportunities like training or promotion again and again mm. and again. So... Employer retaliation, very common cause, especially in sexual discrimination cases uh, at 46 percent as well. Moreover, uh, complaints themselves rarely led to successful outcomes for any of the workers who filed them. Analysis from this organization found that legal redress in the form of negotiated or mandated changes in a workplace practice occur in only 7% of cases, and workers receive monetary awards in 12% of cases with a median payout of only $8,500. Why is this important? Because the patterns may explain why only a fraction of people who believe that they've experienced discrimination at work actually file in, in a complaint with the EEOC at the end of the day. I bring this up in regards to the relevancy of what we're talking about with Netflix, with, with Johnny C. Taylor coming to the table and, and talking about what he did as well, the at-will employment perspective of things. And everyone always says, we talked about it in the last show as well, EEOC, go there. They'll take care of you. They'll do this. They'll do that. And they they do. They do great work. They do good work. They're trying to help people. They're doing very big things. Very great. Very grand. At the same time, it's interesting to see the the data, the numbers, the analysis at the end of everything. And ultimately, at the end of the day, doesn't it all just come back to culture and fit within the organization anyways, Rick? It does. I do want to go back to something in the article real quick that you said. You said that most of the case, most of the complaints do not have a successful outcome. Um, But then you read off some numbers where people got paid out. So I guess my question is, what is their definition of a successful outcome? Because if the issue is mediated, if the issue is settled, isn't that a successful outcome? To me, a successful outcome depends who's asking, (laughs) right? Is it the employer or the employee? So from West perspective, it's, 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 it's a a million dollar question right there. It really is. And when when we think about Walmart in this perspective too, and this is exactly where I wanted to wind up going for the day today. Okay. Walmart, um, Walmart was hit with a $125 million jury award in a ADA suit by the EEOC. Walmart lost this disability lawsuit that alleged discrimination against a longtime employee with Down syndrome. Walmart must pay damages in a disability discrimination lawsuit that was filed. Mario Spath, a 16-year Walmart employee who has Down syndrome, was fired after the retailer changed her schedule 
and she struggled to manage with the new hours. A jury awarded Spaeth more than $125 million in damages, but Walmart said the maximum amount allowed under federal law is only 300000 Walmart spokesman Randy Hargrove said the retailer wanted to resolve the matter with Spaeth, but said the EEOC's demands were unreasonable at the end of the day. The verdict was quickly reduced Thursday to a statutory minimum, I'm sorry, statutory maximum of $300,000 by a judge in the case, which involved the termination of of Marlowe, a 16-year employee, as stated before. I think I said the name incorrectly previously. That's just uh, attributed to DJ Tommy's wedding. Sorry about that. (laughs) So the EEOC complaining Green Bay court alleged that Walmart, in its firing of Spaeth, violated the ADA. In the lawsuit, the federal agency said the retailer changed Spaeth's longtime work schedule and then refused to accommodate her request for different hours. The complaint also says she struggled to keep up with the new hours, asked for the old hours back, was told that the software system will not allow her to have her old hours back. She needs to do it the current way. And then that led to disciplinary action for absenteeism after being a stellar employee for 16 years because the software told her to. (laughs) The retailer wanted to resolve the matter with Spaeth, but the EEOC's demands were, as stated previously, quote, unreasonable. It says here, quote, we do not tolerate discrimination of any kind and we routinely accommodate thousands of associates every year. We often adjust associate schedules to meet our customers' expectations. And while Ms. Spaeth's schedule was adjusted, it remained within the time she indicated that she was available. The jury awarded Spaeth $150,000 for emotional pain and mental anguish and another $125 million in punitive damages after lawyers told the judge that the legal maximum uh, was was only 300000 Walmart shares relatively remained unchanged on Friday and closed at 141.56. The retailer shares have fallen nearly 2% so far this year. Ricky Baez, back to you. So this is a great example to what I was saying earlier. Um, this is a successful outcome to Marlowe. <laughs> I don't think so much for Walmart. (laughs) It's not a successful outcome. I mean, $125 million punitive. That is how pissed off that jury was. That's how pissed off they were. I read this story. Actually, um, our friend David Miklitz um, uh, from David Miklitz Law uh, Law Group, actually, um, he he put this on, on LinkedIn last week. And I texted him. I'm like, dude, every... Every article you put, I got nothing to say, but wow, I can't believe in 2021, we have these things happening. An organization as large as Walmart is going to claim the software, the software will not let them adjust for specific events like an ADA accommodation request. Then damn it, Walmart, you picked one hell of a software. I mean, seriously, how, the, that, the is, that is where the, you're going to hang your hat. The employee asked Walmart to adjust her start and end times by 60 to 90 minutes and that she be returned to her prior schedule. The company failed to act on her request, instead fired her. And that's when the EEOC got involved. Trial evidence did show that she consistently received positive performance reviews during her 16 years at the employer's Dude. organization. Dude, it- 
that was a huge fail on Walmart, huge fail on the HR department at Walmart, huge fail on the legal department at Walmart. Because I'm sure somebody brought this up. I'm hoping. I'll take it back. I'm hoping somebody brought this up the chain of command. Folks, and I'm going to use this. If students, if you're listening, we, we're going to talk about this case on Monday night's class. <laughs> we are going to talk about it because this is a perfect example on how a simple conversation, and I do mean a simple conversation, and a simple flip of a switch could have saved this organization $125 million in punitive damages and about, what was it, 325000 in uh, uh, in um, uh, damages for just violating the law, <laughs> Rick. It, it it may have just been two billion dollars at this rate. Let me tell you, Judge Grisbach of the U.S. District Court of the Eastern District of Wisconsin provided over this four day uh, presided over the four day trial. He ruled in January of 2020 that Spaeth's positive performance evaluations before the scheduled change could convince a jury she was able to meet the attendance requirements and could have continued to do so if Walmart had granted the accommodation request it received from her and her legal guardian to resume working her previous schedule. Entry of judgment in the case will be delayed until the issues of back pay and equitable relief have been decided, according to the court docket. EEOC attorneys in Milwaukee and Chicago represent the commission, MWH Law Group, and Conway Olginiak and Jerry represent Walmart, and the case is EEOC versus Walmart Stores East LPED, Wisconsin number one, colon one seven hyphen CV, hyphen zero 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 seven zero, jury verdict entered seven sixteen of twenty one. HR folks, here's how you can avoid that issue. It's happening at your organization. You ready? Let's say you you are the HR department for a supermarket, just like Walmart. You have an employee, 16-year stellar performance record, Down syndrome. You have a new software, a new scheduling software. This employee comes to you and says, I have a condition. I have an issue with change. Can you please leave my schedule just the way it was? The HR department would then proceed to put this person through the ADA process. All right, what are you looking to do? Oh, I need to do to do ABC with my schedule. Walmart can even go as far as saying, oh, OK, awesome. I need some proof of your ADA um, issue. Can you please fill this documentation? Have your doctor fill this out on why you need this. They'll go to the doctor. They'll get the information. You bring it back and you change the schedule. Boom. Done. Over and done with. When it comes to an ADA accommodation request, the first thing you have to do under the law is to have a dynamic dialogue to come to an amicable conclusion, something that cannot create a hardship for the organization. A hardship depends from one organization to the other. Changing a schedule could be detrimental to a really small operation of two people. But when you're talking about one of the world's largest employers (laughs) that makes billions and billions of of dollars a year, it takes nothing to just make sure. So you know what? If Let's follow the claim, the ridiculous claim that the system will not allow you to change anything, which, by the way, if that was true, then Walmart, you need to fire your entire procurement team because they did a horrible job getting a system that's suitable for your organization. Because any third-party software that has to do with schedules, with work, and things like that, they have to be able to, to make some changes for this very same thing. ADA is not a new concept. It really is, and not in the HR world. It's been around for a while. So what I'm saying is, is that it's for Walmart to say, 
The hardship is the software would not allow it. They got horrible advice, and now it's going to cost them $125 million in punitive damage. I keep saying that because the punitive one could have been – I'm not an attorney, but I'm, I guarantee it would have been a lot lower have Walmart not gotten up there and, and trying to be coy and say, I can't change that software. That jury was pissed. And I would have been yeah, pissed off in that jury as well. Yeah, they were. So boohoo on Walmart, bro. Boohoo hey, on them. That talk, <laughs> talking about the uh, software stuff, we when we get to current events, I've just got a real quick round robin on some recent current events regarding the HR software. But in the meantime, Ricky Baez, if you've got, we only have two clips this week in our TikTok what? roundup. If you want to get those available and ready, ladies and gentlemen, we are moving forward immediately into your favorite new segment of 2021. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. It's the weekend. You've had a rough week. Maybe you were just in court all week. Maybe a jury just ruled against you and you feel terrible about your day for making poor choices. Or maybe you made great choices and got rid of people that didn't fit the culture, like over at Netflix. Supported by Johnny C. Taylor's recent article at Sherm.org. Stop by there to read it. But you reach that moment in time where boredom creeps in. It's 3 a.m. And you open the Tiki Talkie, your favorite application on your phone. And you begin to watch videos, goofy videos. Cats, dogs, little puppies swimming in, in rivers and lakes. Or maybe you, you even have the opportunity to... Catch some tiki-takis that are specifically related to work, like we do. This, ladies and gentlemen, is your weekly HR Talk TikTok Roundup with Ricky Bias. Wow. All right. Here is the first one. This is from Attorney Ryan, the labor lawyer on TikTok. Here you go. These are the top two ways that employers finesse their staff out of money. Number one is threatening termination for anyone who discusses wages or salary. No matter what you've heard from HR, they cannot do that. It is illegal. It violates the National Labor Relations Act, which is federal and applies to all states. And it will violate some state laws too, depending where you live. Number two, when you leave a company, you are entitled to your full final wages. Now, different states have different timelines for this, but what's common in all states is you don't have to sign a release to get money you've already earned. An employer who is holding your paycheck hostage until you sign a release is breaking the law. Now, that's different than offering you a severance package in exchange for a waiver. That's legal. But if they're offering you that, you should absolutely go over the contract with an attorney. Have you seen any of these tricks where you work? Let me know in the comments. Wow. You don't say. Now, this, JC, this this is going to be a surprise for a lot of people. I've been saying this for uh, actually a lot of HR people have been saying this for the longest time. All right. And a lot of All business right. owners don't think this is true. But, yeah, it, it's employees can C-A-N, not C-A-N-T. They can have conversations about their wages. 
You cannot put a law in place, uh, a policy in place to say they can't do that or they're going to be held accountable. It is against the law. He mentioned the National Labor Relations Board, which is the NLRB. That goes back to the previous conversation about protected concerted activity. This falls under that. That is a thing, folks. Don't hold people accountable. And why are you afraid anyway? Let's let's JC, let's talk about that. Why are employers afraid of employees having conversations about how we pay them? Oh, I know why. Yeah, no, I I know why. I have to bring your microphone down because the slapback is ridiculous. Look, I'm gonna bring it up right now. And and you could just hear the echo right now. It's totally crazy. Totally crazy. Look, I think the reason why it's that way has to do with because it's that way. I I couldn't have said it better myself. I really could not. That was that's amazing. No, I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why. If an employer has an issue with their employees talking about wages, that means they're not paying their employees appropriately. It does. And here's how I draw that connection. Well, or equally across the board, one could say as well. Well, it's not going to be equal. It's not going to be equal. Person A should not be getting the same pay as person B. If they're doing the same job. Well, not necessarily. Not because they could be doing that same job, but the things people are forgetting is how pre- is, the, is the proficiency level the oh, same in gotcha. that job. So you're saying one like might be a guy and one might be a gal, so you're going to pay Yeah, no. It has nothing else? to do with sex. Good. Everything to do with performance. <laughs> okay, all right. Everything. Thank you so for clarifying. You, Please continue. You're welcome. So um, going that route, that suggests that the person who is knocking it out of the park in that position, same skill set, but they're knocking it out of the park, should be getting paid the same as the person with the same skill set that is just barely making the minimum of the job. No, 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 no. The person that's knocking it out of the park should be getting less so you dangle the carrot so that they stick around (laughs) with the hope and desire to get paid more later on. Yeah, maybe in 1948, but not now there, JC. That doesn't work right now. I mean, I, actually, people still do it, right? <laughs> they kind of do, right? But look, here's the thing. Um, if you are paying your empo- your employees appropriately for the work or the value they bring to the table, and these two or and these two employees are ha- are having a conversation. Employee A gets paid pretty good because she's doing an, an amazing job. Employee B does the same kind of work. It's not doing that same kind of job, right? And he's getting paid less. Then they start having a conversation. Employee B is going to go into his boss's office and say, "How come? How come I'm not getting paid this?" Okay, let's have a conversation about the value you bring to the table. Because that is directly that that directly correlates with how much you get paid. Employers, leaders, and HR should not be afraid of that conversation. If you are afraid of having a conversation of putting a value on the skill set of the employees that you have working under you, you have no reason, no business being a leader. You don't. Because that conversation is coming. You should be able to have that conversation. And again, you should have no problem. If you're paying everybody appropriately, you should have no problem in your employees having conversations about pay. That's that's just the way it is. That's also for the same reason why a lot of a, a lot of company wants to bring their employees back into the office. They don't trust them, and they're probably shortchanging them anyway. <laughs> so that's what needs to happen, folks. So don't 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 just let them do it. 
Let them have those conversations. And if they bring it to you, don't be afraid of the conversation about their skill set. The second part about what he said. I like how you laid it out there right away, though. You're like, it's because they don't trust them. They don't. It's true. (laughs) I mean, so the second part, he was talking about um, the uh, last pay. He is right. He is saying that if um, they cannot hold your last, that's money earned. You cannot hold their money that they earned. Now, he's right. A severance is different because a severance, you haven't earned that money. This is the money I'm giving you because generally speaking, if you're being laid off, it's got nothing to, it doesn't have to be, it's not about performance. It's about the status of the organization or whether they need or don't need the position that you're currently in. Now, is performance a deciding factor on who gets to leave the organization due to a layoff? It does, but that's not the only driving factor. So, yes, at that point, they can have a document that says, if I give you this, you can sue us for A, B, C, D, E, F, G. I, I like how you say is who can leave the organization. Well, well, Not who may, <laughs> who might, who can, who can, <laughs> who can. Yes, <laughs> I can't hear you. Yeah, it's, yeah, we've got some serious technical issues today, ladies and gentlemen. We really yeah. do. I have no idea what's going on here. I don't know what's going on, man. Uh, blame China. Next clip of the uh, TikTok thing there. Next clip of the TikTok-y with Ricky Bias. Here we go. This is T underscore toe. Is Vanilla Ice speaking facts or question mark? Why is everyone so infatuated with the 90s? Because it was the greatest decade ever before computers ruined the world. Really? You have to realize that in 2004, the iPhone came out, right? Okay. What's happened no. in pop culture since 2004 no. to 21? Yeah. Nothing. It's the lost generation. Pop culture's dead. So the last generation where pop culture was alive, where you had fashion that actually mimicked the music, yeah. and it, it kind of spread like wildfire. People had the Zeke Havrigis. Yeah. We got our movies at Blockbuster. We had the neon colors, and they can't come out with anything cool since the 90s. Since the if 90s. you look at the mall, you go shopping today, and what do you see? You see Air Jordans. Yeah. That's 90s. Yeah. Even LeBron can't sell a fraction of the shoes that Jordan sells. Yeah. He hadn't played basketball in 30 years. Yeah. <laughs> and then you have, you know, your Air Force Ones and all your cool shoes and the neon colors and even the fashion with the bikinis and stuff. It's back full force. Oh, I'm spinning away. What? Your mother. All right, so so he's he's basically saying that uh, the '90s were that era. It was that time when when things were just better, and it was the last era of pop culture. Essentially, is what he's saying. I got trouble with a lot of this, man. The iPhone did not come out in 2004. It came out in 2007, and it has not been 30 years since Michael Jordan played ball. I mean, come on. Dude. When did Michael Jordan stop playing basketball? Wasn't it early 2000s? I have no idea. Consult That's the internet. Years, if anything. <laughs> what does the internet say? It was invented by Al Gore, renamed by I George Bush. It, 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 oh, you know what? Here we go. Here we go. When did Michael Jordan retire? Oh, look. Look at that. Oh, you know what? He's right. He is. Now, you know what? Not really. Almost. He retired in 1993. No way. I thought it was much later than that. Like it was just yesterday. Look at that. Wow. I could have sworn I saw him play in Orlando. Wasn't he with the Wizards at some point? No idea. Anyway. Yeah. Anyway. Fine. Okay. So maybe he's right. 1993. Okay. Got it. Fine. 
So, but yeah, it, it's um, I don't know about the night. I think the eighties has has been more influential than the nineties, right? Because I I I see more people trying to bring back things that happened in the eighties than they did in the nineties. Right, Back to the Future is amazing. The Karate Kid saga redone, RoboCop redone, all these things. The music, the music. It's, it's, there's something about the '80s that, to me, is very different than the '90s. I mean, other than obvious reasons, right? But it's it, it's we keep going back to the '80s as this time where, to me, to me, it was more influential than the '90s. I think Vanilla Ice is saying that just because he was relevant in the '90s, and I think that was it. <laughs> could <laughs> right? be. It could be that simple. It could be that simple. Yeah, but. It is time for current events. Current events this week is brought to you in part by uh, the Baez Web Place. Stop by Baez <laughs> Web Placings to talk Baez. To, <laughs> what, what's, your, what's your website called? <laughs> Baezco.com, com. You don't need you don't need the www dot. Just go ahead and type it dot com. Boom, it'll take it right there. That's where this is coming from. Stop by Baezco.com. B. <laughs> what did I say wrong? B a z e c o dot c o m. That's right. Is that? Yeah, sure. Yeah, just 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 Google HR Talk. Everything else will fall. There you in go. Place. Yeah, no, it'll fall yeah. in line. HRTalkPodcast.com. How you know? Uh, TikTok is becoming a powerful consumer marketing tool, according to Marketplace Magazine, Marketplace.org. This is where people in marketing go to read about marketing stuff, but marketing people don't know about this sometimes. They don't know about it. So over the past 18 months, uh, pandemic-related factory shutdown shifts in consumer behavior. It's all resulted in shortages that have rippled through the global economy. There's now another powerful economic force causing a growing list of products, ranging from feta cheese to a very specific brand of catnip. And it's all because of TikTok, believe it or not. Um, TikTok is, according to the article, done amazing things with good stuff. And uh, as of right now, the idea of the focus group put together to take a look at uh, TikTok marketing is honing in on social listening. Mm. If... People stay with cosmetics for a minute, like L'Oreal and whoever else, CoverGirl or whatever. They're watching TikTok, and they're watching articles about those specific products on TikTok. Mm-hmm. And it's the regurgitation of cool and things coming back to them at that same time. So the question of the fact that TikTok is headquartered in China has two real complications with the whole marketing aspect of things. And if you want to learn more about that, read the article because it's a boring piece of dribble. That's marketplace.org <laughs> if you want to read about that marketing. So I can't get into that too much. But I what I can say, if you agree with me, Rick, is uh, if you see it on TikTok, you try it or you, you read about it or you, you take a look into it compared to maybe what you found on Facebook. I, I've got this friend. Um, he's a spiritual advisor. His name's Rob. He, he was on the TikTok and he bought a Halloween mask around Halloween time. Because he was driven to do it based mm-hmm. off of TikTok marketing and advertising. Granted, it was a complete waste of money and it was a scam. 
His credit card may have even gotten stolen. It was the worst mask you ever saw in your life. It looked nothing like the piece of marketing that was thrown his way, but uh, he still bought it. He did. So I know when TikTok was first, you know, just coming in, into mainstream media, I was I thought it was the dumbest thing ever because it's early marketing campaigns. It's just it's couples hanging out and they're doing these songs and you just lip syncing. It was just it was just so dumb. It, 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 it just to me, I'm like, this this is not going to go anywhere. Holy crap. Was I wrong? Yeah, you're wrong. <laughs> it has become one heck of a powerhouse, which is very dangerous, JC. Very dangerous because I was reading an article and man, I should have submitted it for the show. I was reading an article a couple of weeks ago where um, they followed five people on TikTok who lost their life savings because they took horrible investing advice from TikTok. Oh, man. With with Dogecoin, somebody uh, took a second mortgage on their house. Dogecoin? Isn't that what it's called? Isn't it Doggy, Doggy Coin? I have no idea. I have no idea either. Decoin, right? And he invested in it. (laughs) And at a horrible time, he invested in GameStop. Somebody else invested in GameStop after, after the peak. They, so he saw the old videos of people, you know, of it going up and up and up. They didn't see the videos of it just completely crashing. They started buying at the downslope. Not a good idea. (laughs) But here's the thing. Is that TikTok's fault? No. No. It's not TikTok's fault. That is the individual consumer's fault for not doing their due diligence, whether it's TikTok, whether it's um, a Google, whether it's Fox, whether it's CNN. It really doesn't matter. At the end of the day, you have to do your own diligence, your own research to see what you should do with the, with your money, your money. Here's, here's the interesting part. The other guy, he used Bunny from his house, a second mortgage, and so now he's he, he's out all that. Just be, anyway, the point I'm trying to make is is just make sure that you do your due diligence. Otherwise, you're going to be like these folks who just follow horrible advice on TikTok. TikTok is not for advice. TikTok is for entertainment purposes only. TikTok is for entertainment purposes only, and HR Talk is not a legal program. This is not legal advice either. Hey, everyone's talking about automation and what exactly HR software really does. And the statejournal.com addressed this in a recent article in Peace, Rick. Um, Buzzwords like HR software and HRS systems are flying all around the industry like uh, gnats, they say. Everywhere you turn, somebody wants to tell you about the next best thing in HR and payroll management, processing technology, biz, bang, boom, wow, yeah, whoa. Applications and new hire onboarding, time off leave requests, payroll and benefits, tax filing and compliance. It can all be automated through these softwares nowadays. If you work in HR or you know anything about the day-to-day process involved, you're probably wondering what isn't tedious about the job. It's HR. Everyone hates you and what you do for a living sucks. You live with this. You go home and you drink heavily. You play video games and talk to your friends just to get away from reality because (laughs) your life is terrible. But at the same time, you're surrounded by people that love you. And that's quite fun. You know, good Good people. people. So it's it's just an area that requires a lot of attention to detail, repetition, calculations, reporting, 
manpower just can't handle it as effectively without the assistance of technology anymore. And in the article, they're saying with a modern HR software system, there's so much to gain from automation. In addition to the things that are covered within their specific article here, you can look into automating things like uh, time management, offboarding, expenses, and much, much, many more, much things. So HR software is a very important thing, according to the statejournal.com in their piece. Everyone's talking about automation. What does HR software really do? It appears to be sponsored content. Who knows who from? But at the same time, they do have a very good point that you really should like start to consider your investments accordingly. But don't make yeah. the 53 or $35 million boondoggle mistake like what was made in the state of Maine. You know, try to try to hone in on some of the other effective things that are out there. All I'm saying is, is uh, don't do the Walmart mistake and buy some software that doesn't take ADA into consideration. <laughs> they should have read this article. <laughs> yeah, no, they really should have. Uh, now, out of uh, Charlotte here, the uh, Charlotte Inno local software firm iSolved has acquired a Texas-based startup, Ricky. This was written by Elise Franco, a staff writer. Charlotte-based iSolved is growing once again with the recent acquisition of the Predictive People's Analytics Platform Trend, da- Trend Data HR. If you're not familiar with this, Trend Data HR is w- one of the big powerhouses. It's, it forms a significant part of the direction mm. HR tech is moving into. It gives customers of iSolve the ability to unlock the value that's inside the data that HR has. Trend Data enables us to give customers the capacity to do the analytics and better understand what's happening right now. It lets them model things in the future and be predictive, which is very powerful, very big, very good things. The software technology platform enables businesses to get the best out of their employees, according to their CEO. And Trend Data acquiring this company, this uh, this company is bringing something to the table that's only been available to larger companies until now mm-hmm. in the way that they're analyzing data and, and um, giving you a portal to have a peep show into the world of your <laughs> HR data and information. If I ever start an HRIS company, I will call it the peep show. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> uh, but look, it, it's it, it's I'm re, I'm really excited to what's going to happen in the next five to ten years when it comes to HRIS systems or HR software. Because as more and the more we have hands on these kinds of software, the more talented people can create new things out of it, the more they can help them evolve. And the the time span between updates gets closer and closer and closer to each other. They really do closer and closer and closer to each other. So that's what it looks like as soon as you buy something the very next day, it's already obsolete. So I am excited to see what's going to happen in the future again. HR folks out there, it, it's there's going to be a lot of bells and whistles with this software and 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 help you. And it's designed to help you make decisions for the organizations. The key is is designed to help you. It's a tool. Don't let it be the only deciding factor on whether you make a decision or not. That's the thing that employees need to employers need to remember. Pushing me out. Pushing you out. Your next story here is pretty important, though. HR software provider Paycor HCM has set terms as of July 12th, Ricky Baez, for their $361 million IPO. Oh. Nice. 
And by the way, I doubt this is on TikTok. So yeah, you ain't okay. gonna find this over there. The Cincinnati, okay. Ohio-based company plans to raise three hundred sixty-one million dollars by offering eighteen point five million in shares at a price range of eighteen to twenty-one dollars a share. New investors. Uh, Nurberger Berman, Clearbridge Investments, and Franklin Templeton have indicated an interest in purchasing up to an aggregate of $150 million for the offering, 42% of the deal in total. At the midpoint of the proposed range, Paycor HCM would command a fully diluted market value of $3.3 billion. Paycor was founded in 1990 and booked $338 million in sales for the past 12 months. Ending mm. March 31st, 2021, in that data set. It plans to list on the NASDAQ under the symbol PYCR. Goldman Sachs, JP Morgan, Jefferies, Credit Suisse, Deutsche Bank, Faird Cohen, JMP Securities, Needham, Raymond James, Stiflin Trust are the joint brook, book runners on the deal. And it's wow. expected to price during the week of July 19th, 2021, which is, when is that, Rick? Right now. Wow, that's tomorrow, yeah. Tomorrow. That many powerhouses are involved in this IPO? Yeah, this is from renaissancecapital.com. IPO Center, HR software provider Paycor HCM sets terms for $361 million IPO. Keep your eyes on that tomorrow. It's going to be something interesting to watch uh, as, as the day progresses. Wait, 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 wait. $361 million with an M? I think it was trillion now. Well, no, but I mean, I guess what I'm saying is, isn't that rather low in comparison to the IPOs that were released in the past three, four years? Yes. Aren't they almost always in the billions? And how is this one only a fraction of that? It happens. Okay. It's HR. <laughs> it's it's like shampoo and conditioner <laughs> true, together. I guess that's true. Why? It's just I don't know. It's, it just seems like a rather small number in comparison to the previous ones that's been in in the billions. But okay, fine. Sure. That's what she said. <laughs> Your uh, last main current event story here is coming from DallasInnovates.com. Young Dallas HR software company leader has officially raised ten million dollars in a Series A round. The investment led by Bedrock. It's going to help Leader add more features. To its people development technology, since Leader was founded in June of 2019, it's grown to more than 340 customers and 5,000 plus active monthly users. A fast-growing local software company that aims to help organizations develop their leaders is officially now closing on a $10 million Series A round led by technology investment Bedrock. There it is. Nice. 2019, two years old. Here's a quote on this one. People development has never been more critical in leaders. Breakthrough <laughs> software is transforming the space. We're looking forward to supporting growth in the coming years. You know what? In we related should do that. news, we should... water is wet. <laughs> or is it? <laughs> Google it, see what happens. I love um, lamp. <laughs> we should do that. We should start a uh, HR talk HR. IPO. Yes, yes. We'll, we're we're going to get three hundred and eighteen million pennies. That's exactly what's going to happen. <laughs> JC, get ready, brother. We're about to be thousandaires. Get ready, <laughs> thousandaires. You might actually be able to pay the face of the franchise. The guy in the cover art one of these days. I know it'd be an amazing thing. 
an amazing thing. Hey, I don't know what happened, but the echo did disappear through our discussion today. So I was, have no idea what's going on. It was actually on. really good. I have no clue either. But guess what? What? It's time for Florida Man Stories. Florida Man Stories, your weekly, formerly favorite uh, segment of the podcast. Florida Stories now just... Uh, just a shadow in the background, but we still make magic happen with the Florida Man stories, and it's Which really dictated by you, the listening audience, and those that are living in the areas. And this one is extremely relevant. This came out today, July 18th. A Florida man was arrested after crashing through an airport gate and then getting into a Coast Guard plane cockpit. This Florida man faces multiple charges after he allegedly drove through a security gate at Tampa area airport. He immediately jumped into the, into the cockpit of a C-130, a Coast Guard C-130, like he was straight out of Grand Theft Auto. Hamilton Moreno, 36 years old, he's accused of leading deputies on a chase across a runway in St. Pete, St. Pete Clearwater International Airport before 5 a.m. Eastern Time. In a vehicle that's been reported stolen the night before, the Pinellas Sheriff's, the Pinellas County Sheriff's Department uh, did publish in a statement that he was arrested after allegedly crashing through the Coast Guard security gate, left the car in the hangar, climbed into the MTC-130, and he desired to do something, but he didn't get to do anything. They took him, say, they took him away. <laughs> the suspect was booked into the Pinellas County Jail on charges of fleeing and eluding, trespassing, grand theft auto, habitual traffic offender, burglary, and two counts of criminal mischief. His bond is currently set at $24,150. So... No word about the guards at the gate that just let this guy go through? No word. <laughs> Nothing at all. That, huh? Yeah, like it's not even part of the story, Rick. <laughs> right? I mean, what 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 it's why is there a guard gate if the guards are not doing their their job? And the question is what could they possibly have done? I don't know. Open fire? If a car comes crashing through, you know what the intent is. Grab that M16 and, and open fire. Because could you imagine if he would have fired that C-130? And for those, for those of you who don't know, a C-130 is one of those big, humongous, green military planes. They're freaking huge. And if if he would have managed to fire that bad boy, which I doubt, right? Because those things are really complex. But if he would have managed to fire that up and maybe just started, I don't know, flying it or taxiing it and crashing it, that would have, that could have been, yeah, those guards are at fault here. And I want to see what what happened to them. That's 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 what I want to know. Yeah, good. He got arrested, but guards don't do didn't do your job. I can't believe that. Demoted. Story. Take away their M16. Your last Florida story is coming to us from the JunoEmpire.com. Juno Empire doesn't sound like it's in Florida, does it? No, I think yeah, no. An angler, like from Georgia. an angler who pulls in with a rod and reel, almost 72-pound halibut, might make a splashy social media post. But the big <laughs> fish, Lisa Stangle, caught on Monday, gained distinction for how she took it, and not just its size. Stangle, 32, 
It's the article. You got to stop by JunoEmpire.com. Stangle, 32 years old of Fort Lauderdale, Florida, landed her a 71.4-pound Pacific halibut with a spear while free diving, 25 feet underwater in 45-degree water against a five-knot current. Now, let me tell you, back in my day, uphill both ways, we had... Short spears, 30 feet deep with 42-degree water, but whatever, you know. With one eye. With one eye. Handcuffed with no hands. <laughs> There's no record yet for a woman who's caught a halibut with a pole spear, so Stangle didn't just set the record. She's setting the bar extremely high. So in the very icy cold waters of Alaska, this... This Florida woman jumped in the water, swam down with spear in hand. She fished with Captain Brian Reed on the Castle Cape, the largest fish of any species caught with a pole spear by a woman to date till now was a 66.1-pound black grouper. But she landed a 71.4-pound Pacific halibut with How her is this spear. A man story? She's from Florida? Florida. She went to Alaska. She's from Fort Lauderdale. That's just where they're from, not the issue? Yeah, so the, <sighs> your Florida woman story of the week is a woman that did amazing things underwater catching fish with the spear. <laughs> well, you're in Florida, Alaska. Well, you're in Alaska. Well, your Florida man was arrested for trying to steal a Coast Guard Got it. aircraft. Got it. That, that right. makes perfect Ricky sense. Ricky Pius, back to you. I don't know. What do I say here, dude? I've <laughs> Poor. All right. I'll, oh, I'll, I'll, I'll wrap up the ad on this story for you. So down yeah, towards yeah, the yeah. end, uh, they do say once uh, she stays, oh, once the fish gets speared from that point on, it's fighting it to the surface. It's like rod and reel. You're in the water. Your physical strength trying to convince them to come to the come to the top. Come fishy up, up, up to the top. <laughs> Those big fish, you bring them to the top. They'll run on you, and then you're along for the ride. Yes, Pole right. jammed in the fish, just sailing through the Arctic waters with your hair flowing longingly in the knots of those waves passing by you, seaweed to so your left and right. On top of that, Stangle caught her fish while free diving, which is basically diving without scuba gear in Alaska. Free divers do wear wetsuits, though, with hoods, masks, and snorkels, weight belts, and fins almost as long as a person's legs. <laughs> Florida woman for the win, Rick. Well, good for her. Good for her. At least she didn't try to steal a uh, a C-130 from a Coast Guard, from the Coast Guard while the guards were sleeping. Yes, good call. At least that didn't happen. You know what? I got something completely off topic. Tell Are you me. ready? Yeah. We've got five minutes for this, yeah, man. Well, actually, we're at that time in the show where it's final thoughts and closing remarks, and you can talk about whatever you want. So it's over to you. Go ahead. So, no, You're up first. So look, this is not my final thoughts, but it's just something that I kind of wanted to bring up. Sure, kinda sure, wanted to sure. Bring up. And nothing to do with, with anything. So, um, you know, I'm an avid Call of Duty player. I am. And every weekend or so when the whole family's asleep, I just hop on. And um, I just play for a couple of hours, you know, just to let out some steam. And believe it or not, this video game has really gotten, they got a lot of things right 
about military. And anyway, it really is an entertaining game. So obviously a lot of people play it. A lot of young kids play it, right? And um, I was playing this last night. Actually, uh, last weekend I was playing. And, uh, you know, they pair you up in the online community and you play. So this kid, I got paired up with this kid, right? And he sounds like he's 10, right? And, you know, we're playing. He's pretty good. I'm not as good as he is, right? But, we, you know, we, we played. Everything's good. But he started asking all these personal questions like, so are you married? Are you this? And it freaked me out. Freaked me out. I'm like, okay, I, I, I already feel some kind of way with this what sounds like a little kid so i'm like hey i'm just gonna stop thank you very much this was fun i'm out later so i left he sent me a friend request on on call of duty i declined it i declined it because i'm like no no i'm good thank you very much blah 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 he keeps sending friend requests so at what point am i to say i'm being harassed here at what point do i say that I'm literally about to send an email to Action Vision, and I'm like, hey, this guy, is, <laughs> this kid is harassing me. I want nothing to do with it. Leave me alone. So I wanted to throw it out there to somebody. I haven't talked about this before. This just happened wow. yesterday. Right? So what do you do at this point? I, I wouldn't be involved. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> but I, I, think, I think if I were you, I wouldn't play, be playing video games anymore. That's what I, that's what's going to end up happening, bro. That's what's going to end up happening. Um, yeah, it, it was just really odd. I I'm sure that the kid meant nothing by it, and I'm assuming it's a kid just because of the way his voice sounded. But it was just really, really, really weird. And now I feel some kind of way. And I, it, you know what? Now, I've, now after voicing it, I am going to send the message to Activision and say, "Hey, dude, I idea. need you to pull this ta- this tag and that tag, and I want nothing to do with it." But no, you know what? And folks, it's um, it, it, it's you've got to be careful out there too, especially if you got little ones that are out there playing, because I'm pretty sure that a lot of people are out there on a predator status. So be careful what you let your kids play because i see a lot of kids especially at one or two in the morning now of course i don't see their age and things like that i'm pretty sure you can't play this if you're under the age of 14 or 15 but i'm pretty sure kids lie <laughs> right they do lie on that but no it, it's just i just figured i'll bring it up because a lot of you see a lot of news stories where you've got adults that are going after you know like underage uh, uh kids but what happens when there's a, you know, somebody's harassing you and all you want to do is just blow off some steam and go play and do all these things? I don't think that's being talked about. And I'm pretty sure that happens quite often. You're quiet because yeah, you're like, I don't want, I don't want no part of this conversation. I don't, I don't want any part of this, man. <laughs> it's weird. I, I can't hear you. What? It was. It's just weird. It, it right. Yeah. So it's not yeah. just me. It's not just me. It's just really odd. And it almost sounds, it almost feels like somebody's playing a joke on me. It almost feels that way. Now, every now and then I play with associate producer Rob. He sometimes is on there. He has been on there in a while. You know what, though? It could be an aspect of uh, social engineering, though, too. You know, just try to, uh, someone trying to worm their way into a specific situation to create a scenario to then try to uh, glean or obtain information from you. 
so that when they steal your credit card information, they know exactly what to do with your data and information. Or maybe they're going to be applying for a new job under your own name. So there there are ways out there to protect yourself in those particular instances. Uh, I'm not going to talk about them, but there there are things to safeguard. So blocking it from the beginning probably a very good thing to do. I do I I do substantiate uh, your your desired actions there with positive intent. I think I think you should follow through there. Think and and that's exactly what I'm gonna do. But it, it made me think about what when people file a complaint in human resources, right? Normally, normally it's a female. When it comes to sexual harassment, it's a female saying that a male has done this. But I I want and maybe we should talk about this next week, JC. Maybe we should talk about how many males are being sexually harassed by females whether it's a coworker whether it's an employee or whether it's a uh, a uh, someone in a leadership position and how many of those males actually file a complaint cuz in my career in my career 20 years in HR I've seen two of those complaints sexual harassment wise the other ones has been a female filing a complaint against a male whether it's a a coworker leader colleague or an employee have you seen any of that no no <laughs> yeah, yeah dude yeah thanks for the conversation bro really appreciate the back and forth this is great yeah just cut it <laughs> yeah so the the back and forth today is wicked wicked tough to do i i just took your mic all the way down literally no idea what's going on with the setup today not a typical podcast for us many times we have the opportunity to go back and forth but oddly today and i'm i'm doing this within my final closing remarks here and my final thoughts and then i'll toss it back to you uh, a lot of times today during our chats, I've had to actually kill Ricky's mic altogether so that we don't get this awkward feedback that's happening. Uh, just uh, it's not your typical HR talk. Um, we still did our best with it. If you stuck through the program, got to this point, if you have any uh, feedback, comments, suggestions or anything of that nature, feel free to chime in. And uh, for all I know, maybe it was uh, DJ Tommy's wedding got the best of me through the span of time. So with that being said, I'm JC, and uh, those are my final thoughts. Ricky Bias, over to you. Here are my final thoughts. Recruiters, look for somebody who fits within the organization overall, not just a specific uh, uh, skill set. And if you find out through the interview process that that person or, or Later on, that that person has lied or misrepresented themselves through the interview process, then take action. It's perfectly okay to take action, but make sure that your actions are coming from from a illegitimate place. Nothing that's that's uh, protected by law. If you have if you have to decide whether your actions are under the law or, or outside of the bounds of the law, then chances are those actions are wrong. <laughs> right? It should feel right. <laughs> about why you want to get rid of somebody who's got to do everything to do with work, nothing to do with things that are protected by law. It's as simple as that. Pretty simple, pretty straightforward. Ricky Baez, if you could please, what are some of the best ways people could find you? B-A-E-Z-C-O dot com, Baezzo.com. I know we've been doing this for years, JC, but I think when you ask for me to say this, this is for you to remember because you still forget the following week. So Baezzo.com, we're on social media. Just Google or just look us up. HR Talk Podcast. Look for the screaming face. Please let us know how you feel about the show. Give us a like. We really would appreciate it. And just like Ricky said, stop by Baez Coins. More than happy to, uh, you know, hear you. <laughs> it's not exactly sure how you spell it. But just go to hrtalkpodcast.com. It'll circle, circle you back there. Very popular in 2021. Just circle back. 
Hey, um, thank you all for enduring another amazing episode of HR Talk. And uh, I, I promise next week that this uh, this this echo thing, if anyone is hearing it, it's going to be gone. We're we're going to root this out. There's yeah, a problem. There's a problem. There's a problem. Maybe maybe Biasco has to pay a bill. Maybe they forgot to pay their bills. I don't know. We got to figure something out. Okay, got it. Let me check. Hey, check the echo. So with that, I'm JC. Drive safe. Have a good night. If you have A1 steak sauce in your kitchen, throw it out.